ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to The Write Hour, nonfiction tips from The Write Coach with Joyce Glass, where you can learn the business and craft of writing. Welcome to episode 505 of The Write Hour. This week I had to do a little rearranging with my podcast. So I went into my Write My Book group on Facebook and asked them what would they would like to learn more about. And with a resounding yes, everyone wanted to know more about social media for writers. And if you are not a member of the Write My Book group, please go to the show notes for the episode and you can click to join on the sidebar in the Write My Book group or you can just search Write My Book in Facebook on the Facebook search bar and it'll show up and you got to answer a couple questions and then I'll add you in and I would love to have you there. There's a lot of communicating going on in there and things and I'm going to be teaching a few more things in there so it's to your advantage to check out the Write My Book group. But immediately I thought about Edie Melson when people were asking about social media. She is excellent with social media for writers. She's been writing for over 20 years herself. And in this episode, she shares some valuable content. You will want to listen to the whole podcast and make sure you download the Build Your Social Media Library PDF. She gives all the instructions that she's teaching in this podcast in the PDF. So you want to make sure you get that because it will really help to reinforce what you're learning. Edie Melson is a woman of faith with ink-stained fingers observing life through the lens of her camera. No matter whether she's talking about faith, writing, or social media, her first advice is always find your voice, live your story. Her reputation as an online expert is well-deserved. Her blog reaches thousands each month and has been named Writer's Digest Top 101 Sites for Writers. Her numerous books include her latest offering, Soul Care for Writers, reflect her passion to help others develop their strength of God-given gifts and apply them to their lives. She's the director of the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference, and that's where I actually met her. She's a social media director for the Southern Writers Magazine and board member of the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association and an author of numerous books. She's quick to remind those she meets with practical and personal application of God's infinite love. You can find the links to connect with her on the show notes page. And if you want to make writing your career, you need to be serious about growing your audience. Edie shares practical steps today to move you in the right direction. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 505 of The Right Hour. And I have Edie Melson with me today. And we're talking about something that a lot of writers struggle with, you know, social media. Wouldn't you agree, Edie? I definitely would. They, they have, this is one of the biggest things I think I get questions about, and I'm sure you do too. You know, who and where should I post and why should I post and why do I need to be on social media? <laughs> All those fun questions. So, well, I'm glad you're here and could join us today. I am really excited to be here and especially excited about talking about this because I think there's so many misconceptions out there about social media and I'm sure you find, found that as well. Definitely, I do. 
All right. Well, first, tell us a little about you and your journey to becoming a writer. And now you're a director of multiple conferences, not just one. Um, and you were also considered an author marketing expert. So how did, you know, how did all of this just, how did you get here? <laughs> well, point? as far as the writing part, my mother would tell you that I have been a writer since I could crawl to a white wall with a red crayon. I don't know, but that's what she says. <laughs> um, but I've always sort of processed life by writing things down. Um, but I got serious about writing back in 96 and my path took a lot of, a lot of detours and different things. And I ended up at the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference as an attendee. I sold my very first article there to focus on the family over breakfast. Um, and it, I eventually worked my way into uh, assisting the conference director, who was Alton Gansky at the time. And the way I did that was in 2009, I had gotten my dream job, which was managing an online magazine. I was a full-time freelance writer at the time. Loved everything to do with freelance writing. I loved to do the um, to have a say in the layout and just the whole process was something that I really enjoyed. Um, but this magazine, this online magazine was for college age Christian men. And I had been at that job almost 10 minutes when I realized that the only way that they interacted was through social media and texting. <laughs> I did not have any social media accounts. I didn't have a blog, none of that. And I had a flip phone. So <laughs> it, was, it was a case of either learn it or quit. And I am not a quitter. So within about six weeks, I had come up to speed well enough to not only be able to interact, but to lead the team. And through that process, I realized that I had something very valuable to share with all of my writing friends. Mm -hmm. And that was number one, age was not a barrier. Number two, you could do it efficiently and effectively without uh, signing away your time soul uh, to spending that much energy into it. And right. so... I began teaching others what I had learned and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> awesome. So tell me, how many conferences are you directing now? Because I think you, is it three or four you said? Well, right now we have the major conference, which is the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference. And wow. this year we have two baby conferences. We call them mountainside conferences. We have the Mountainside Marketing Conference, which is always in January over the Martin Luther King holiday. And then we have the Mountainside Novelist Retreat, which is in October. And then next year we'll be adding two more Mountainside Retreats, which are a Mountainside Speakers Retreat and Mountainside Nonfiction Retreat. And then personally, I also direct the Soul Care uh, Retreat, which is for uh, creatives. It's a way to get away and reconnect with our Heavenly Father through a weekend of play. Awesome. I love that. Love that. So that sounds like some, lots of fun and lots of work that you have going on with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere in there you sneak some writing, right? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, my 
my 13th book will be coming out in September. I'm co-writing it, or I did co-write it with Rhonda Ray, and it's called Unruffled Thriving in the Midst of Chaos. And number 12 just came out in May, which is Soul Care for Writers. Yes, which is excellent. All right. You are one busy lady, but I love it. And it's part of the writer's life is keeping our hands in lots of pies. <laughs> yeah. To make a living at writing, you really do have to be willing to have multiple streams of income, which I'm sure you have definitely found. And I know that you teach as well. Yes. Well, tell me about how many, this will we'll move on to social media now, but how many places or platforms do writers need to be active on social media? Do we need to be everywhere all the time or just a few places? Well, what we need is we need to have an account with our name and our picture and a link to our website on all the major platforms so that people can find us. But, it's, but we don't have to be active on all the major platforms. We need to be active on a minimum of two so that we can spread ourselves out. I find that most writers are comfortable with being active on three, um, with maybe dabbling on a couple more. The one thing you have to be careful of is you need to spread that out. Like right now, today, um, Facebook is having an issue. There's some glitches on Facebook at the and moment. So Instagram. Exactly, because Facebook owns Instagram. Right. So if your two networks are Facebook and Instagram, you're not really part of two networks, you're part of one. Because if that goes down, you're going to lose your connection with your audience. So you need to have, need to not put all your eggs in one basket. And if you're, it depends on what you're writing as to which networks are going to be the most valuable for you. Mm -hmm. um, the audience for Pinterest is... Um, tends to be a little more female. Um, although Pinterest is one of the top growing uh, networks around there outside of Pinterest and Instagram are really the top two. Um, but uh, YA or a uh, new adult, a younger audience, you're going to find them more on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, you're going to find an older audience. LinkedIn is going to be a more nonfiction business audience. Right. And of course, these are generalities. But they're things that we need to take into account when we decide where we're going to spend and budget our time. Definitely. I agree. I, there are, I am mostly on Facebook, Instagram. I post on Twitter, but I don't hang out on Twitter. And then um, LinkedIn, I've actually been a little more active there. I'm getting some more interaction there. So I've, I've been posting some things there, but I haven't like developed any kind of strategy for LinkedIn yet. I'm just kind of there <laughs> right now. And that's, that's on the to-do list just to make some kind of strategy with that. Cause I've made some good connections on there. And with what I do, cause my focus is personal development leaders. That's where they're hanging out. That's where a lot of them uh -huh. are. So that's, that's true. So what is a good number of posts to share daily? Do we need to post, you know, 15 times a day, five times a day. Well, even more, even more than the number of posts that we have a day, we need to keep the number of posts low enough so that we have time to interact with those posts. Right. Because 
what publishers are looking at, what people are looking at is they're looking at people who want to have genuine relationships, even though they are online relationships. Mm. Um, I usually do between five and eight updates a day across all my networks. Now I don't have five or eight on each one, but I usually have them across the network. And I usually do that about four to five days a week um, because I find that that keeps my name out there enough, but it's also few enough that I can interact with people. So if someone mentions me on Twitter or they uh, comment on my Instagram post or they, they share something on Facebook, then I have time to catch it and actually interact with them and build on that connection. Right, right. And I, and I think that's a lot of, of the social media is being more relational versus just, um, I see a lot of people doing this and it's not necessarily just writers, but what drives me nuts is drop a link and leave. Well, mm-hmm. tell me something about this link. Why should I click on this link? I'm not going to click on it unless it has some kind of fabulous title, you know, for the, for the post. Am I going to click on it? And that's, that's one of my pet peeves is don't drop a link and leave. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, give yep. me a reason to click on this link. Cause most of the time I won't, I'll keep scrolling. Like, okay, you dropped the link. Great. <laughs> you know. Well, and I think too that some people have realized that that's a problem. And so what they'll do is they'll ask questions, particularly on Facebook, and they'll get a discussion going, but all they do is ask the question and then leave the room. And they're capitalizing on our interaction on their post, but they're not taking part in it. So I really feel like that's very manipulative, but... I think you also have to be really careful to share enough updates so that if you want to share one about yourself, then you're not, you're not loading your newsfeed on any particular network with nothing but your own advertising. And I think that that is also in really bad taste. (laughs) Yeah. And and I see that more, uh, well, authors do it too, but I also see it more with, um, multi-level marketing people will just post 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 about their products and nothing personal or engaging like you said and and the same thing if all you're doing is posting about your book but you don't post Mm -hmm. anything engaging nobody's gonna hang around but I get more interaction when I post something funny um you know one of one of my favorites and I just I didn't realize it was two ladies who did it they have a Facebook page I don't know if you've seen it called the menopausal view and they oh. have the most hysterical post, and I share them, and people comment like crazy because most of the time they're so, they're just so funny. It's one of those they they've taken like real life things, and they're, it's just make it hilarious. You know? <laughs> so um, that that is a great way to get some interaction on your account, but it's not just buy my book or here's about my book or here's my blog post kind of thing and it makes it funny and makes you human you know because who walks around only talking about their business all day long hopefully nobody <laughs> exactly nobody I want to hang out with that's <laughs> exactly sure. well and one of the things is is a lot of times I notice that that authors who 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 don't think about it make this mistake in that they're looking at the news feed which has everybody's stuff on it 
right and they post a link or a, not a like a link to their book or to their blog or they talk about an event or something that they've got going on and then they see all this stuff goes by and they think oh well i can post something else because there's all this other stuff out there but what they don't realize is when someone goes to their to their profile page then mm -hmm. it's nothing but buy my book read my blog buy my book read my blog and so it's important to to get the right perspective and to be looking at the right thing when you decide what you're going to post when right right so what strategy do you suggest that writers use in planning out their social media well, I recommend that you use a variety of uh, types of updates, like uh, something funny, something inspiring, something engaging, and then something valuable. Right. Um, those are basically the four things that I used to uh, send out updates. And you want to make sure that you're not sending out too heavily one or the other, um, that you want to vary those. And then I also recommend that people be well-rounded on social media, but not confusing. And so what I tell my clients and the writers that I work with is to find four basic branding streams, um, things that you want to share regularly on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. For me, it would be, um, writing and social media, photography, creativity, and uh, spiritual inspiration. Those are my four main things. Just about 90 to 95% of what I share across the board on social media is going to fall in one of those four categories. And that's enough for people to see me as a real person without being so you know, ping pong ball going from this topic to that topic to confuse people. Definitely. And then um, it also gives you enough stuff so that let's say this week, you're, this month you're launching a book. Well, you can kind of focus on that, but you have some other things that you can share as well. So that's really where I recommend people begin. I love that. And just in the past six months, I decided my focus, which it has been, but by nature, but I didn't really, wasn't as intentional about it. Focusing on personal development leaders are the people who I really love to work with. And I'm a personal development junkie. So it has made it easier for me on social media. Not only do I find the funnies that, cause that's just something that's me. I love the funny things, but then I've also got, I find the, um, anything that has to do with leadership or coaching or just making yourself better. And, and there's some spiritual things in there too, because um, I'm also do spiritual, like I've helped people write devotionals. And so that has been really interesting. Changing my focus for that has made it easier for me to do social media and know who actually I'm targeting that people that I want to attract in my business and on my page. So that, that is perfect. Then having that, then figure out, you know, if you're, what's another topic? I guess like if you're in health, you know, you're going to want to have health topics and things about health and maybe healthy recipes and that kind of thing or exercise tips. Those are things that you'll want to share 
if that's what you're talking about. So, or if yours is productivity. So I like that. I like having the, you know, three or four categories that you kind of pull from and then share on, on your, either on your business page or on your personal page. Now that is a quick question that, that's, um, do you share only on your business page or do you share your business page to your personal page? Um, I share a little bit of, um, I, I mix it up. I don't okay. share a ton of things to my personal page. I do, or to my personal profile. Um, and I don't use my business page a lot. What I have found does really well on my business page is uh, my photography. I write little short devotions that go with the pictures that I take. And those do really well on Instagram and on my business page. What I have found is I have two very large or very robust, they're not very large, but they're very robust, lots of engagement, um, Facebook groups. Yeah. And they're private groups, but I get a ton of engagement in those private groups. And that has really been my sweet spot with, uh, with Facebook. What I do on my personal profile is that's where I spend a lot of time uh, commenting on other people's stuff. I will sometimes uh, share something that somebody else has done, but all my original stuff either go generally goes into one of those two groups. Yes. And I have found that to be true that there's more engagement in, in smaller groups. Um, and even though they're not itty bitty groups, uh, because I know the Blue Ridge group's pretty big that, that you get more engagement and then there's more activity there. And I think they see it more, which, and then I know the algorithm has just changed not too long ago that they are focusing more on groups. So, it was like, woohoo, for those of us with groups. <laughs> so. Yes, yep. <laughs> and, you know, if there's anything that I really want to make sure that people see, then I put it in a story. Um, I have really enjoyed uh, utilizing stories, and I generally do that from my professional page simply because I can follow the analytics and I can yeah. see what's going on there. So that's that's been my thing. And my my personal profile is getting very full. So I'm trying to move people over, but I'm well upward in the 4,000 friend range. And so I've got to get people moving to the, the professional page so I can keep growing. Yeah. I've had that problem too recently. And so I was in a MLM before. And so I'm going through and I'm weeding out all those people because I'm no longer doing that actively. And <laughs> those that aren't engaging with me, I'm like, bye bye. Uh, so, so that I can make room for the people that do want to engage with me. So yeah, it is a, a little fun thing that you got to move things around, but that's the nice thing with a group. There isn't a limit, whereas there is on your personal page and I mean on your, yeah, your personal profile page. Um, and there's not a limit on the business pages either. So you can have a ton right. of people there and, and that's a great way to engage. Okay. Well, so how um, do we build a library of content to share? Because I'm sure that's another thing. This is something that I even struggle with sometimes myself. And, but I know that this is something that a lot of people struggle with making sure they have quality content to share and not just a bunch of saying the same thing over and over different ways or something like that. 
Well, and I think it starts with your four branding streams. What I recommend people do is they take those four branding streams and they find other accounts that fit into one or more of those. Like for my social media, I'm following um, the social media examiner and I'm following um, all the different accounts that have to do with social media or I'm following writer accounts like Steve Lobby and things like that. Um, I will follow blogs, I'll follow accounts, right. things like that. And so I do that for each one of my four branding streams. I find other accounts who are doing it as well or better than I'm doing it. And okay. what I do is I try to find across the four uh, topics, across the four branding streams, I try to find 50 places that I can go at any given time for content. Now, I quantify that content or I, I organize that content three ways. I, I do it by following blogs, so I get content that comes into my inbox on a daily basis. I do it by following social media accounts and hashtags. Um, in my Hootsuite that I use, I have, uh, I have four tabs. I have one for social media, which has up to 10 streams. I have one for writing, which has up to 10 streams. I have one for creativity, one for photography, and one for, uh, uh, one for spiritual inspiration. So I've got the blogs that I subscribe to, and then I've got the social media hashtags, accounts, and topics that I keep track of. Okay. And then the third way I do it is I find sites that maybe don't allow me to sign up um, for email updates when they post a new blog, like Guideposts, for example. And there's no way to subscribe to their blogs, but I love to follow uh, Bob Hostetler's prayer blog on um on that so I have a list I use a word document other people may use an Excel document so I use that to keep track of these sites that I can't sign up for so when I get up in the morning and I get ready to post my or to schedule my content for the day or decide where what is going for the day then I have three places I can look and I can get all of my social media done in 30 minutes or less because I have the information right there at hand and I know where I can go. And I know that there are some accounts that I can post without reading. Like I know if Steve Lobby has posted a blog on the publishing industry, all I have to do is read the title. I know the content is gonna be stellar. Now, there are other accounts that I follow that are secular accounts that are really good, but maybe their language tends to be a little, little sloppier, a little saltier. And so I wouldn't want to post a blog that would offend my audience. So I have to read those more carefully before I share them. So I know which accounts I can go to to share content with just a quick skim and which ones I really have to be careful of. But that's basically how you can do that online. That's how I recommend building an online library so that you always have something valuable to share at any given time. All right. So it was email, blog posts, and social media accounts that you're following? I'm following 
the email is is blogging. So right. I sign up, subscribe to blogs. That comes into my inbox. Then I follow social media accounts. I follow social media hashtags and social media topics. And then the and that's all I keep track of that in Hootsuite. And then the third way is I have a list of sites that I can go to that has valuable content. Right. So those are the three ways that I do it. Right. So for someone to set this up, they could set this up in an hour or two in an afternoon. Um, no, so. <laughs> no, they couldn't. It takes about two weeks to, well, I to, mean, to find like, it. Find like say, uh, these are the places I want to go. That's what I'm saying. Not necessarily find them all, but they could, this is, I'm going to look for these hashtags. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to sign up or I have these blogs that I follow. That kind of thing is what I meant in a couple hours that they could find the things and then know, divide up. Yeah, you can, you can start it in a couple hours, but I tell people to really give yourself a couple of weeks to find the valuable stuff and get everything settled out. Um, because it's not an overnight thing. It takes a little while. But once you get it set up, then, you know, 30 minutes a day to do valuable social media is incredible. So how about connecting with influencers? This is something I hear often about and something I've done myself, that connecting with influencers help with growing your social media exposure as well as your email list and that kind of thing. What, what do you recommend for writers to do with that? I definitely think it can help, but I do think that um, to really be able to get the full value of connecting with an influencer, you really have to build that relationship um, because an influencer that's willing to, to take somebody and share their stuff without, without that personal relationship and without vetting that person is not going to be someone who has the trust of their audience for very long. Um, so right. I think you have to really go into it realizing that you're going to be building a relationship. Um, one of the ways that you can do it is sort of a, a, a slight shortcut is guest posts on some of the bigger sites um, and things like that. Um, I've also found that just by honestly sharing content that I respect, um, and sharing it regularly, it garners the respect and the attention of some of these bigger accounts. And most of the bigger accounts are very appreciative and they will, they will give a shout out to some of their smaller followers because they're loyal. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind. Definitely. I like that it being, you know, a loyal fan and helping them out also then in turn, might can help you out in the long run, not always, but it, it can and sometimes. So, well, how can their social media platform help them grow an email list? Because I know that this is a big thing that a lot of writers don't put as much attention on at first because a lot of them just don't realize the importance of it. <laughs> but it is something that, that you know, if we could scream from the rooftop, we would. It's like, you do need an email list. You're not going to sell books without them or at least not too many. <laughs> right, right. Because truthfully, social media does not sell books. Right. Um, nobody can give any kind of ROI comparison or, or um, and show 
that social media sells books. What social media does is it helps you increase your uh, networking base, right? get people onto your email list and email lists sell books. And so I think you have to do with social media, number one, you have to prove that you're authentic um, and that you are there to help others that you want to give valuable content, that you're not just adding to the noise of social media. And then I think you also have to have a very clear call to action. You have to be very clear about, um, you know, I offer this value, but I offer it to my email list. Um, whether it is, um, and I don't necessarily mean an incentive, because a lot of people will sign up for a really cool incentive, stay on an email list for two weeks and then get off. And that really doesn't do you a lot of good. What you're trying to do is to provide value through the emails that you share. And so you want to do whatever engages you with your audience on social media. You kind of want to do it on steroids to those who follow your email list. Right. Exactly. You want to give them something, a reason to stay and stick around more than a week or two. So yes. I like that. Well, I appreciate that's great information on the social media platform. And if anybody missed that, we have a wonderful PDF that Edie has put together. So you can download that in the show notes. So make sure you do that. But I always love to ask this, Edie, because I'm always curious as to how other writers spend their writing time and how they get to it. And as we said earlier, you're a busy lady, so squeezing in your writing time, you know, is, can be a tough thing. So tell us a little bit about your writing time. Do you write at the same time? Is it consistent? Do you write daily or do you, or more so when you're on project? What's, what are some things that work for you and some things that didn't work for you? Well, one of the things that I that was that helped me the most with consistent writing time was to find the time of day when I am most naturally creative. And then I I put a 10-foot high fence around that and padlock the gate so that I guard that time and can use it regularly. Now, with my travel schedule, I don't write every single day. Um, but I do write about five days a week. And so uh, whether it's blog posts or devotions or a book I'm working on or whatever it is, I am, I am constantly writing. And my best time is from eight in the morning till about noon. Um, I can write any time of the day or night, but the easiest time for me to be creative is that time. And you know, I guard that. I don't, I don't plan outings. I don't plan meetings during that time. I don't plan doctor's appointments. It is on my calendar. It's on my bullet journal that that is my writing time. Yeah, that's important. And that's something that's helped me too. And sometimes you've got to rearrange it for certain things, but most of the time you keep it sacred and that really helps. So I like that. Well, what words of advice or encouragement do you have for new writers or maybe someone struggling to write their book and build their social media platform? Because I know many writers and many of my clients are like this. It's a hard to do both, especially when you're knee deep in a project and it's your first time. 
and, and they kind of struggle with the balance, uh, what encouragement and advice do you have for them? I would encourage them to take very small, consistent steps, um, especially when you're starting out. You need to spend the majority of your time learning to write and writing, but that does not exempt you from the need to build a platform at the same time. And a lot of people think, well, I can only spend five minutes today. I can only send out two updates, so why bother? But the fact of the matter is, if you send out two updates a day for a full year, you will have built a big platform compared to what you started with. So I think it's really important to understand the value of those small, consistent steps. If you don't have 30 minutes and all you can do is send out one update, then send out that one update. That's way better than not doing anything. And the other thing is, um, the only reason I am where I am today is outside of the fact of God's grace, because I wouldn't be anywhere without him. But it's the fact that I've never quit. Um, you know, not quitting is something to celebrate, especially on some days. <laughs> yes, that is, that is a big thing. And I love that about being consistent because those little baby steps all add up. And I have heard some writers in some of my clients said, well, I'll worry about that when I'm done. And I'm like, hmm, I really don't think you should wait. You really need to be doing this while you're writing because, A, that you also have some uh, energy there from your writing. Like when you're thinking about this project and what you're talking about, it's going to come out in your post and you want that. And if, and that's an excellent thing too, I you was know, just thinking off the top of my head here is, if you're writing about a certain topic and something really, you know, you have a good day writing and something pops out at you, write a little tidbit about it on the, on your Facebook post. Hey, I'm working on my book and then this popped up and I just wanted to share with y'all and this is how it could help you or whatever, you know, or if it's a quote, make a little meme out of it that, Ooh, that's a good quote. Cause I know sometimes I've been writing and, and read back over and I'm like, Ooh, I like that line. <laughs> and yep. And that one line could create a post out of that. And so it's just learning and training your brain to think about how can I use a little small part of this and make it make sense on a, a social media post and not give away, you know, the whole chapter. Because I know some of people have this misconception. Well, I need, they're not going to understand it if I don't share the whole chapter. It's like, no, we don't need the whole chapter. <laughs> We just need this little concept here and that's enough to get somebody thinking. And it, that's when you're going to start attracting people because whoever you're writing for, they're going to be, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. And you're going to have those people become your fans. And so when your book's ready, then you have them the ready to go to put on your book launch team, if that's what they want to do, you know, or whatever you decide to market, you're going to have those people excited about it. And that's, that's the whole thing about priming the well, you know, it's, you've got to get excited because um, we forget sometimes, you know, the movie, uh, Hollywood knows how to market a movie. Do they just say, oh, here's this movie and it's coming out tomorrow? No, they are marketing months in advance with trailers and all kinds of things to let you know this movie's coming out. And then, so by the time it comes out, everybody's ready, <laughs> you know? 
at the gate ready to go see the movie because it, they've been talking about it for months. So it's the same thing with your book. If you build the excitement, then by the time it's ready, then they'll be excited to go. So I love that. That's perfect. Well, I am had a fun time with you, Edie, and doing this. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And I've learned so much from you. And this is great. I think this is going to be wonderful and help, very helpful for the listeners of my podcast. So I appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate you having me. This has been great. I always love to come back. Well, thank you. Yeah, I had you last year. I think it was you and Diane were together, wasn't it, one time? that we had you together. <laughs> yes. So, and she's always a hoot. That's always fun. But, um, oh, and you wanted to tell us real quick about, you have something coming up in July you wanted to share about. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, to go along with my series of books called Soul Care, I am partnering with Lifeway and we're offering a retreat, a soul care retreat. It's a weekend event. It's July 19th, 20th, and 21st. And it's a way to get away and reconnect with God through creative pursuits. We're going to be talking about photography and Bible journaling and bullet journaling, and we're going to do some art projects. It's not something that anybody has to be an artist to do. It's geared toward a, a new way of going deep into scripture without, um, without stressing yourself out. So right. we'd love so to have you. It will be at the Ridgecrest Conference Center in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Awesome. Beautiful place. <laughs> yes, I definitely. Uh, so, well, great. Well, I hope that um, somebody will want to go, some people from here, and say, well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And you want to check out, I'll put all the links, that, what Edie is involved with, all the conferences, and all the information in, will be there for you to find out more about her and the conferences they are always top-notch. She does an excellent job. You will not be disappointed. So make sure you check that out and sign up for one or all, <laughs> whichever one that works for you. Because I, I'll tell you, that's the best way I've made connections is at conferences. I learn a lot, but I feel like the most valuable thing that you get from a conference is connections, you know, just getting to see people one-on-one. -on -one. And that that is just as valuable to me as the content that I learned. So I appreciate you doing that. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's definitely been something that has helped shaped my career. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a wonderful day and I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. I am sure you have learned so much that maybe your brain's bursting a little bit, but I wanted to say Edie shared an excellent strategy to help you build your audience with social media. And I have a few more tips that I want you to keep in mind when you're on social media. Don't forget to go to the show notes for your download from Edie. And if you're on my email list, you will receive that download in the email. So that's an advantage of being a part of my email list. And if you aren't, feel free to sign up on my site at therightcoach.biz. There's a pop out that comes out on the side or um, the sign-up page is on the front page at the bottom. You can either place. But the three things I want you to remember. Remember to start small with one platform. Grow from one for a few weeks and then work on the next one. And once you feel comfortable on the two, then work on a third. And make sure you have an account on all the major media, social media sites. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, 
and Twitter. Those are the five main ones. I have an account with each one. I am more active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn are the four that I'm most active on. Twitter, I post there and I comment some. I'm on there, but all of my things are always posted on there. So all of my podcasts and some other things are posted on there from Facebook. So keep that in mind. You don't want to be um, what I call a ghost poster. You want to take a few minutes in the morning or evening to engage with people who have commented on your post. So don't just post and leave. And you want to build that rapport with people and that will build trust. And once you build trust, then people are going to want to work with you or buy your books or read your material, whatever it is that you're trying to do and growing your audience. So the second thing is, um, and this is a little pet peeve of mine, is leave white space on any social media, whatever you're doing, Instagram. You can do it some on Twitter, but there's not as much room on Twitter, especially Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, and um, LinkedIn. Leave white space. Write two or three sentences and then go down a space and write two or three more and go down a space. You know, you might even have four, but it's very hard and difficult to read a blob of text on social media. So it makes it much easier to read and people will read longer posts with the white space. I was talking with someone this week about it and they said, I just don't read them if it's really long and it has to be super engaging for me to, to want to sit there and read it. I'll try to read it, but it's very difficult to read a blob of text. So keep that in mind, uh, and if you're not sure what I mean about white space, go to my Facebook page. You'll see it on um, my Right Coach page. Everywhere I have two or three sentences, then a space, and then another two or three sentences, and it just makes it easier and it looks nicer. Then the last thing is you want to have some kind of call to action on some of your posts. You don't necessarily need it on every post because some posts are just for, you know, to make people smile or laugh or engage that way. But on some of your posts, you want to have a call to action and a call to action can simply be a link for them to click on for your blog or to see your book. Invite them to your email list with a lead magnet and a lead magnet is another podcast we'll get to another day but essentially it's a freebie you offer on your website if you're not sure what a lead magnet is and if you uh, have a group that you want them to join invite them to your group or it could be asking an engaging question to find out what people to need to learn more about your topic or sometimes it's also just a, a fun way to get some interaction like somebody asked on Father's Day if you had could write a book about your father, what would the title be? And that I thought was the funnest question for that Father's Day weekend. And so I posted that and there were tons and tons of answers and it was fun to see. And then some were a little serious because they, you know, they didn't have good fathers. And so there was a conversation there that, about that and, and people, you know, dealing with the emotions from that. But it, it, what the point is, is it brought engagement and that's what you want to do. So a fun question like that can bring some engagement on your Facebook personal page. And then when you post anything else, and you could do the same thing on your business page. And if you do anything else, then it's bringing more attention to your page. So it just helps 
your algorithms. The more you don't want to be posting all day long, like Edie says, and have too much um, information. But when you do post, you want to make sure that it's interesting and engaging because the more engagement you have, the more it's going to show up in people's newsfeed. So if uh, one of the other things that I've heard too is if you, whenever you change your profile, a lot of people will comment and like, the more people that do that, then your information, the, your next post after that, the couple of them, will show up more in people's news feeds if there's been a lot of uh, engagement with that profile picture. Same thing if you do like a little funny question like that. If you're getting a lot of engagement, then your other posts will also show up in people's news feeds more so than if you didn't have the engagement. So it's all kind of a game that you've got to play, but it can be fun. Don't stress yourself over it. Create a system and be systematic with it. You know, post on Facebook and post on um, LinkedIn or whatever the two you have. Get really good with that and then continue from there. And just think, be real. And don't always, like we've mentioned in the podcast, it, you don't want buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, read my blog, read my blog. You may want to have some other people's blogs that you post. You may want to have, like we said, a funny and um, something engaging, a, a good question. And it could be, you know, um, Omar Rafat was on our, on my podcast a couple episodes ago. He has extremely, and you follow him, well-written post. And they're kind of a story format sometimes. And they're real powerful and engaging. And depending upon what you're trying to do, that may work for you. You want a story post. You want it to be interesting to people and not just throwing stuff out there just to throw it and see what sticks. So create a system and work at it. And I wish you the best success as a writer. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Right Hour. Are you wondering how to start your writing journey but feel overwhelmed or confused? After taking four years to write her first book, Joyce completely understands. She created the four steps to the right book to help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. She shares tips on the writing process, and you can download The Writing Planner to track your progress and create weekly and monthly milestones to complete your book. You can sign up for the short email series at therightcoach.biz. That's T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-C-O-A-C-H dot B-I-Z. Or go to the link in the show notes for the podcasts. You can sign up on the side pop-out on the computer or on the phone it's a blue bar at the bottom that pops up. You can also go to the bottom of the homepage to sign up for the four steps to the right book. Don't let fear and overwhelm stop you from writing your book. It's time to write your book. Oxbus. 